Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Almost Famous Minute, where we're discussing the 2000 Cameron Crowe film Almost Famous, one minute at a time. I'm Eric Nash from Feels Like Weezer. I'm Dave Forsyth from, let's say, Edge of Tomorrow Minute. And I'm Cece Pleasant um, from the world. <laughs> I'm a, a comedy writer and uh, just a lady. Yeah, yeah welcome, Cece. <laughs> Glad to have you on. Thanks. I, I I think I became most aware of you at least uh, kind of recently from uh, Star Wars Minute, and and then then even more uh, recently you were on Bull Durham Minute. I guys, I am tearing up the minute scene. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty great. <laughs> You're knocking out a wide range of genres too here, from yeah, from the sci-fi yeah. to the sports to the rock rock music. Rock film. music. Um, and yeah. David, this is your first time with us too. I, I certainly, certainly shouldn't forget you, but you're kind of our our uh, unofficial co-host happening yep. for these these couple or so minutes that we're going to have you. Yeah, good, good to be here. Uh, big fan of this movie, so I'm I'm happy to do as much co-hosting duty as you need me for. So yeah, thank you. Yeah, we could always have we could always have either or both of you back at uh, for other minutes, but uh, this minute is uh, minute forty six this week. And it starts with Russell getting electrocuted and ends with Mark Marin yelling at the band. Yeah, and the um the electrocution scene, man, that's that's pretty grisly. Uh you know, I, I think uh we Russell does a pretty good job of Yeah. Well, not Russell, but um you know, yeah, what's Billy. that actor's name? That Billy guy? Crudup. Billy Billy. Thank you, Billy, Billy Crudup. Crudup. Yeah. As soon as I try and say it, it just disappears from my head. Yeah. Um Billy uh does a really good <laughs> job of, of Making me uh, feel like he is a real lump of meat that just got cooked on a stage, yeah. man. It's it's uh, it's disturbing. Yeah, and he really keeps it up too. I mean, it's there's there's these parts during this bit and the next next minute or two, especially um, where he just he just really continues to be really out of it really well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, really well. I like that they didn't. No one called a an ambulance or anything. Yeah, right. I guess this that's is, like yeah. that's very the seventies. Like they oh, just yeah. were like. <laughs> Well, he's okay. <laughs> it's fine. You just got electrocuted a little bit. And um, uh, because because I've got a little bit of a morbid streak, I had to look up other famous onstage electrocutions. Uh, yeah. So uh, it turns fun. out 
George Harrison was electrocuted in the Let oh. It Be documentary. So you can actually watch him like put his lips to the microphone and get like a little shock. He doesn't collapse or anything like that, but he does sort of back off and shows a little bit of visible pain. And you can find that clip on YouTube. Um, okay. um, Keith Richards. Well, I was thinking I was going to have to wait until Peter Jackson's done here with, the, <laughs> with his uh, re reassembling of yeah. it and ho- hopefully keeping it in, keeping that part in. <laughs> Maybe that'll be the focus of it. Now yeah. it'll just be like yeah. the movie where George gets electrocuted. Um, but, uh, <laughs> Keith Richards was also electrocuted, but it was much more like what happens on stage here. Um, in 1965 in Sacramento, uh, his guitar bumped into an ungrounded mic stand. Apparently sparks flew and there was a loud bang. And the manager actually thought that Keith had been assassinated. Um, oh. <laughs> so they, they did rush him to the hospital, um, unconscious. And he, he, he did not wake up until he, I think it was like later that day in the hospital. Wow. Um, and he woke up and said, "Man, that was good." Yeah, bravo. Yeah, <laughs> what a rush! I think I'll do that again. <laughs> right. I sort of I haven't seen this movie since it came out in theaters, um, and so I forgot. Like I forgot everything because I have no uh, long term memory. And um, <laughs> because I, of all the electrocution. Uh, yeah. So when I watched, so I watched the minute before I went back and like watched the rest of the movie. Um, and I was like, oh, is he on drugs? <laughs> like, I was like, are they, is he pretending to be electrocuted? Cause he's on drugs. Like I couldn't remember if there was like a drug thing. So anyway, but, but it makes sense that he gets electrocuted. I guess it's just like, because you don't think about rock stars getting electrocuted and it probably happens a lot less than it did in the seventies or sixties or whatever, when, you know, now that technology is pretty good, like. But I wonder if anybody has recently. I, mean, I guess you, you looked it up. Like, yeah, oh, actually, I is, mean, it, is it a thing that still happens? Yeah, for sure. There, I mean, there's a, a long string of them from the 70s. So it was definitely like a, you know, we quite, haven't quite figured out how to ground these things yet. Um, like uh, Ace Freely was electrocuted from Kiss, and he actually wrote a song about it called Shock Me later on. Um, and then, uh, but there are actually people who died from electrocution um, in the 70s. Holy that, cow. Yeah, Les Harvey from Stone the Crows, which was sort of a pub rock band in the early 70s. Um, he died in, in Wales from a poorly grounded mic electrocution. Um, no. And Keith Ralph from the Yardbirds uh, died in his oh. basement oh, wow. recording studio from an improperly grounded guitar, apparently. But um, yeah, there's actually a, a kind of a grisly video um, you can find of the band Hot Hot Heat. Uh, playing an outdoor festival in Ohio somewhere in, I don't remember exactly what year it was, but it like fairly modern, like the 2010s, I think, um, where the one of the guitar players gets electrocuted and collapses. And it's very similar to this. Like no one really realizes what's happened until he's been laying on the ground for a couple seconds. And then, you know, the music kind of slowly fades out and everyone in the crowd is like, oh, what's going on? And yeah, it, it, so it's it's still sort of a modern problem. I think trying to put on an outdoor show with, you know, weather conditions and long runs of cable across a, a, you know, a field and things like that makes it more dangerous, but yeah. Yeah. Yikes. Wow. I didn't realize how dangerous rock and roll was. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, and, and there's other, I think, really good acting besides, besides just um, Russell, you know, or uh, Billy's, um, you know, I mean, there's, there's all this confusion that's going on 
you know, and then that's that's actually what Jeff Beebe says. Hey, what's going on? And we hear we also hear like this. Maybe you know, I got it from some lyric or some uh, um, transcript site, whatever. But stinking stinking roads, <laughs> you know. So a roads, uh, 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 roads fender bass. Why is that coming to mind? Roads some some kind of uh, either amp or yeah. guitar of some sort. I was a road. Oh, it's like my brand name. Yeah. Is it a Rhodes organ too? But I didn't see any of that hanging out on stage. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And I I don't know if Um, you guys noticed that both um, Jeff and Russell have like a two, they have two microphones on their mic stand um, Mm -hmm. sort of tied together, which was kind of a a weird 70s thing that they did too. That was um, sometimes if they were, especially if they were recording the show, you'd have one mic that fed the PA and one that went to the recording stuff. Um, mm. But apparently the Grateful Dead also did this as sort of a weird early form of noise canceling because they would, the, you know, they would put their speakers, the Grateful Dead put their speakers behind them and, and did a lot of like weird separation. So like the bass only came out of this portion and the guitars only came out of this portion to try and give things a little more dynamic separation. But apparently if you put two mics close together and you do one, um, in positive polarity and one in negative polarity, it sort of does some oh. some fancy noise canceling thing. I don't really know, but apparently it was pretty common hmm. in the seventies until we figured out, you know, plugins and laptops and things. So, wow, hmm. very cool. I'm learning so much. This is so yeah. exciting. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I do a bit of AV myself. So I was going to say, you, I wonder yeah, if that's... you've ever seen that before, but yeah. Well, the, well, the big thing I, I've seen is that uh, you know it looks, it seems like there's there's a there's a fair amount of duct tape that I think has happened there at that at, uh, Russell's mic microphone, and uh, I've, I've certainly seen one lead singer do that before when I've done some sound work with a, a few bands quite a few years ago. But there was one that came oh. in and just started going crazy with <laughs> tape, and <laughs> it's like, okay, <laughs> if you want to do that, you're here. I got it. <laughs> That's interesting. I wouldn't. It seems unsafe. Well, I don't know. Duct tape is great, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah don't, right? don't, don't knock the duct tape. <laughs> no, no, absolutely. I would never insult duct tape. <laughs> I came from the South. Everything's held together with duct tape. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other thing that, that that's at the very beginning of it is the that this, well, I mean, the song is ending, essentially. I mean, it's, it's not really ending. It's not supposed to end, but it ends because of everyone <laughs> leaving their instruments and running towards wrestle and then then certainly away um getting them off the stage but uh you know in, in the drum and i think in a normal fashion i think the drums is, are kind of the one that kind of <laughs> goes the longest <laughs> you know they, they i think the drummer can just be in his own groove and i mean he, he sets the groove essentially and yeah he and he can't maybe can't see what's happening yeah, yeah right yeah sometimes there's some good bit of obstruction yeah some ding-dongs in the way he can't see Ding dongs meaning drums. That's, <laughs> That's what I'm going to call them now. You know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> the hitty things. Yeah. And drummers love it when you call them ding dongers, I think, too. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they totally love that because yeah. it's very cool and rock and roll. <laughs> um, and there is this weird cut so uh, that it, it seems like they're coming out of essentially a trailer that's a dressing room. And that's that's even what um, what uh, between uh, Dick, their manager, and Mark Maron's character, the concert promoter, or what have you. I think it might be in the credits. Um, uh, that uh, you know, he, he they certainly mentioned the dressing room, and and 
that's where they're coming out of. They're actually not coming off the stage at that point. It's almost what you might think if you weren't watching it minute by minute. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But, but yeah, it certainly becomes apparent upon doing that. And so they like, they transported Billy Crudup to the dressing room and then, and then they're yeah. getting on the bus theoretically. Right. When they have yeah, at this right. point assessed that he's still alive and they should. Yeah. Right. Not, <laughs> he doesn't need to go to the hospital kind of thing. When at some point we see his hand kind of wrapped up. Yeah. You know, with some. Yeah. Some, presumably that's probably what they were taking care of in there. Right. Yeah. I agree with you. I don't think until I started watching this minute for minute and you, that I realized that that was the dressing room trashing that they're going to talk about. Um, yeah. You know, but you can kind of hear the bottles thrown around and like things kind of smashing and, and whatnot. So I, I don't know. Maybe maybe they should have put that fully up a little higher in the mix to, to make that clearer. But yeah, I that's that's what's going on. Yeah, I didn't even hear the bottles, but it does make sense because they're not really a trash or uh, dressing room band at this point anyway. Like they're not like, you know, they're not like maniacs or anything. So they were just like mm. mad because of the electrocution. Maybe that's why they trashed the dressing room. Yeah, I think that's got to be the motivation there. I mean, it, it's hard to even tell who, I mean, because Jeff comes right out the door and he, he doesn't give any sort of indication. You know, he's not like stomping out the door, or like flailing or anything when he comes out. So he doesn't necessarily look like he was just mid-bottle smash or anything like that. So, yeah. Maybe they were just looking for something to, maybe they were looking for some Neosporin. For, uh, hand. It's got to be in here somewhere. Tear this place apart. <laughs> looking for the Neosporin. Yeah. <laughs> I like that interpretation. Yeah. Yeah. They were looking for Neosporin and it was valid and they needed to trash their dressing room. It's the new canon. <laughs> and there's a lot of these great uh, kind of reaction shots that, you know, Jeff is looking back at, you know, Dick and Mark Barron arguing. And and I, I think it's kind of Jeff's look that we're going to hear about later, or, you know, a little a little bit. And then much, much later as well, both, you know, his his uh, his uh, belief or, you know, uh, you know, kind of like. Oh, what's the right word? Um, that that he just doesn't think Dick maybe is doing a very good job as as their manager. It it certainly does is does get mentioned that uh, that that he is Russell's friend. That they got to man be be the be their manager. That was one of the things I thought about while I was watching how adamant he is at this point. Right, he he's he's very much taken on this role of like taking charge taking care of the band and like i'm i'm vehemently defending my my guys my band Mm -hmm. um and you know i I wonder how much of that is performance because he feels like maybe they are outgrowing him and it really it's said and then you know we see it later on when uh when uh jimmy um fallon shows up and to to be the other right new manager but um no spoilers sorry um but uh (laughs) but you see uh you know, maybe maybe he is just trying to exercise some sort of um, make them a little more dependent on him. Maybe, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh well, Jeff's like, who's taking care of us? And it is like kind of you know screwy that he got electrocuted and and whatever. So yeah, I think he's just trying to prove 
because he's good at stuff. So now he's like yeah, kind of right. playing the like the damage control guy or whatever, and mm-hmm. trying not to get like you know it's human nature to cover one's ass. <laughs> Well, well, uh, Mark Maron comes with, you know, he says, you didn't finish your full set. <laughs> it's like, uh, what do you expect? I mean, uh, the, right. the guy that's injured is the lead singer. Or I'm sorry, not that. He's, he's the lead guitarist. And, 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 you know, he was going to the microphone, I guess, because he was going to do some backup vocals. But, um, you know, he's the, the main guitarist. I mean, you got the other uh, guy, Larry uh, Fellows. He's, uh, he's a bass guitarist. It's not like it's a it's a band with uh, two guitarists yeah. and then a bass guitarist, but um, it's it's pretty much darn near the main ingredient, <laughs> the guitar for yeah. any rock band. <laughs> yeah, at this point in the movie, the idea is that Russell is like he writes all the songs and he's really great mm-hmm. at guitar and he's probably also a good singer. We like we haven't really heard that, but like he's, I mean, he's like everybody loves him the most i guess so mm-hmm. so he probably sings on a lot of the songs right yeah and, and by his admission he's you know the the best musician there with the most potential right so yeah it was just a couple of minutes before this in the movie where he had his sort of poolside confession right so yeah yeah he's outgrown everyone musically yeah i just want to talk for a moment about mark Marin's hair okay in yeah. this Scene mm-hmm. <laughs> because it is truly spectacular <laughs> it's like kind of like a caesar cut yeah. and it's like mm-hmm. and he's got the amazing sideburns it's just like so it's like the kind of 70s you don't see very often because i feel like yeah a lot of times when movies do the 70s and 80s they don't get the hair as like ugly as it was <laughs> you know like the like the, <laughs> the really like crazy like they they make like all the ladies look like Farrah Fawcett and all the guys look like you know whatever the cool guy was at the time <laughs> um, but like this is like just a great like this is just a great hair moment <laughs> yeah it, it's that's like a sort of a screwed down Caesar cut with I'd call them slim mutton chops, maybe, right? I don't, I don't yeah. yeah. They're not like full. Yeah, slim chop. Yeah. But that. Well, yeah. and, and he's without his kind of more standard, you know, around his, the front of his face, his nose, lips, chin area. I mean, there's not, he's bald there. <laughs> that's and that's yeah. kind of the more usual look for him to at least have a mustache, if not also a bit of a goatee or Van Dyke, or what have you. Yeah. And, uh, and I think that's probably one of the big reasons I think why I think when when some people kind of find out or are told or whatever that Mark Maron's in this, they're like, what? You yeah, know, I mean, where? I've, I've heard I've really heard that. I mean, it's like, but but then, you know, if, if there are people that have listened to his podcast enough and then has also has also, you know, are, are just happening, happening to watch this at the time, I think, too, and hear the lock the gates stuff. Right. So. We do get that that the first one of those this this minute. Right, he still uses that more. in the intro to his uh, to to the yeah, WTF pod, sure right? So. And 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 that first time we hear it, so he's you know he's it's you know he's going, "What are you, Bruce Lee? Lock the gates." You, you can actually hear him say it like once more before he's even fully on screen. 
you kind of hear them yelling yeah. it from the from the back uh before he's come on you know he's he's adamant about them not leaving and it's clear to him what's going on that they're about to to ditch on him and, and he's like no way man i'm gonna put up these impenetrable gates to keep you here <laughs> but but i'm i'm awfully sure that, that that first time that we hear it at least in full yeah um the lines i was just reading um that i, I believe is adr from you know and it's, it's really just a, a repeat even it's not even adr it's just a it's just it's a, a loop a, a copy from the one later yeah. um or one, one one of the couple ones later um and put in because we don't we're certainly not on uh viewing him at the time that we hear that one that's that's when uh uh, Dick is just kind of, or, or, or we, we, we're we're inside the the bus at that point, and Dick is getting on, and he's and he's uh, he even responds. I think it's I think it's put in there at that point because they shot this with Dick saying to the bus driver, "Go through the fucking gate." <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah, it could so be. So they they wanted to give a, a better indication that the gates are going to get closed and locked by by. Uh, half ADR it in. Yeah, they they want to make the sure yeah. that the money they spent on driving the bus through the gates, you know, gets all the dramatic build up that it deserves, mm-hmm. right? Really? Yeah, right. Um so <laughs> and and uh also with the the lines I was just reading, you know, what are you Bruce Lee? You know, so that's in re- re- reply to what Dick is doing, which is this, you know, uh uh somewhat whether it's whatever Asian martial art, you know, karate or uh, taekwondo yeah. what have you you know he, and he's definitely dick is also definitely making the the, the vocalizations too that are were heavily associated yeah. with it throughout i think 60s 70s 80s yeah um, yeah 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 like that semi-racist like what yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well it was definitely just, just uh, last year it definitely was uh highlighted as you know in relation to bruce lee himself as well uh, yeah we, I, yeah. Ooh, I can't remember the guy's name that played him in uh, once upon a time in hollywood and right, that got got some people uh, a little up in the ire. You know, the Lee family was very upset about that portrayal. <laughs> I believe, yeah, and Riley. So, I mean, you know, was, well, I think I think there come were on. more people upset that they portrayed Bruce Lee getting his ass kicked than than well, yeah. maybe not. But. Yeah, right. yeah. Well, was, yeah, was, yeah, sure. Was, that was a yeah. secondary right. kind of right. upset level of, of of upsetness. Yeah, like if you're um, going to do a racist yeah. portrayal of the guy, at least let him win yeah. the fight, right? Yeah. <laughs> totally yeah <laughs> and he was very good at fighting yeah i think i mean i'm not an expert but it That's seems like sort it. sort of what he's known he's for associated yeah. with yeah. being good at fighting <laughs> yeah um but i mean brad pitt is really good at fighting too yeah right <laughs> oh yeah um so this brings us to um uh one of the two delete scenes and actually there was one previous i'll go over real quick it's hardly anything there um, it's just Mark Maron apparently getting on stage and I, you know, I don't think he's even really like, you know, you, you see him kind of with a microphone in his hand, but you don't really hear it, unfortunately, but, but he, he does seem to go up on the stage to try right, right after the band has left to try to, you know, calm the audience down. Um, oh. but then for this, um, so we have a point where, uh, Mark Maron's character is saying, I'll go talk to Frank Barcelona. And Dick says, you don't know Frank Barcelona. Uh, Mark replies, you're all amateurs. Come on. 
Um, and then that's when they're attacking. Then they kind of get into some 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 of the some of this fight actually kind of occurs and maybe a little bit more. I think. Oh. Um, Dick says you won it, and Mark Moran says, "What do you got? What do you got?" Um, then wash the shirt. Fuck. <laughs> um, um, and they stop for a moment, and Dick gets on the bus, and then uh, we can hear uh, Mark Maron saying, "Now I'm going to kick your ass." Dick says, "Take it easy. Take it easy, man." Uh, Mark, Mark Maron says, all I hope is you got a good lawyer, buddy. Hey, you better make a live album. This is your last fucking tour. And, and, uh, Dick actually apparently gets off the bus and, and starts attacking him again. And he just, you know, Mark Maron just says what to him. Wow. That's fun. And then there's even a little bit more with, uh, where Jeff Beebe, we can hear him, see him saying, come on. And Mark wow. additionally saying, "Take it easy." Cool. And and yeah, like I was saying before, there's there's just a lot of these reaction shots with whether it's uh, them up on the bus. Is that this minute right? Yeah, you can see you can see there's Larry behind of, of these two guys that through the bus window. Larry, the the bass the bass player, is there behind. But then this other guy, I don't know who he is. I mean, he, I mean, essentially, there's there's people that I pointed out in previous minutes that. There's at least a couple guys, a couple, and I, I'm pretty sure just roadies um, that are also on this bus with them. And then there was even the stuff with, um, you know, some of the, the band-aids, the groupies and so forth. And it's definitely uh, Penn yeah. Lane and Plexia that have been on the bus. Um, but the, And they meet up with Sapphire at the hotel and stuff. But then, as we'll see, I think at the end of next minute, <laughs> um, uh Sapphire uh, doesn't make. I don't know if she meant wanted to make it back on the bus. I mean, you see her running with the bus, but not to get on it. <laughs> um, but uh, she she doesn't uh, uh, continue with them for for certain legs of the trip, at least on on the bus. Uh, I'll, I'll definitely have to point out if I ever see her on the bus at all. But but uh, she just makes she make, she seems to make her own way. She's a little more aloof to the other. Is she? Is she like more like um uh, what am I what am I trying to say? Like does she sort of float between bands? Like is she not just yeah, specifically right. for Stillwater? Because it seems like Penny Lane is like obviously just there for Stillwater, but like the other Yeah, like, there's there's definitely the hookups scene. that that you know and, and, and that stay throughout most of the movie, you know, between with it's Penny and Russell and then Plexia and Jeff Beebe. Um and then even well, that one another one. I, I, I've already mentioned her before, so I'll mention her again. Beth from Denver, she, she kind of seems to go get with Larry, um, right? And then, as we know, no one really gets with uh, uh, Ed, um, the drummer, Silent Ed. Poor Ed. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, it's just it's just a really interesting situation. Yeah, that she, yeah, she definitely when we, when we first see her or actually hear of her, she's in the limo with Black Sabbath with Ozzy, I guess. Oh. And then she comes out. She comes out the 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 back door of the concert venue. Yeah. And, uh, allow, allows the other girls in, and they they of course try to get William into, but that doesn't work, quite work out. Which is a good thing because we 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 get the if that hadn't happened that way, then then maybe uh, Stillwater wouldn't and and Russell wouldn't have uh, befriended William. Wouldn't have this movie. We wouldn't have this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Right. 
Well, you know what, listeners? I know that free stuff is awesome, but free stuff to spice up your bedroom is even better. Through the Pantheon Network and this show, Almost Famous Minute, at Adam and Eve, you get to select almost any one item for 50% off. And then Adam and Eve loads on the free stuff. Just make sure you enter offer code AFMPOD at checkout and get 10 tantalizing free gifts. You can get a sexy item for him, a special gift for her, and a third item you'll both enjoy. And on top of all that, you also get six free spicy movies. Yeah, that's right, movies. I know you all like movies because you listen to this podcast about the movie Almost Famous. Finally, you also get free shipping. That's right. Can't do better than that. That's AFMPOD, AFMPOD, at adamandeve.com. Just type in AFMPOD at checkout. It's all happening. It's It's all happening. happening. So, what... What show is this that they're playing? Is this still them opening for, um, like, is this just them being the opening band for, it's not a, not the Black Sabbath tour anymore, right? I, I feel like, yeah, they've gotten away from it. I mean, if they're kind of doing their own tour as a headliners, I think that's possible at this point. I mean, they are, you know, that's certainly something we've talked a little bit before too, about just how kind of, you know, big are they? at this point in their career. I mean, it's, it's supposedly like this third album is coming out and that's what they're t- basing, basing this tour on. Yeah. Cause, cause Mark's character, Mark Marin's character seems really upset because if, you know, if the um, opening band had cut their set yeah. short for a big arena show, uh, I don't think people mm-hmm. would care that much, honestly. Right. That's no biggie. Yeah. Maybe they're headlining. Though. Yeah. It really, it really does seem like it could be, this at least a certain a, a decent leg of the tour of the like the southwest it seems like is um could be a, a part of it at least that where they're they're the headliners right because this is phoenix supposedly supposedly right yeah mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. all right so yeah that that was one of the things that confused me because i was like frankly if i was at a big arena show to see sabbath and some sort of vaguely you know, Southern rock seventies yeah. band was also opening for that. And yeah, they only played 20 minutes, but like, Oh, great. But you know, Stillwater is a different story. Cause they're, they're great. Yeah. I actually do like quite a few of the Stillwater songs, but they're the greatest. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting that you say Southern rock. I mean, they definitely have that and, and that's going to play into what we could just go ahead and segue into, um, in a moment. Um, but, uh, you know, the uh, Almond Brothers and Leonard Skinnerd, um, uh, vibe, bit of a vibe to to them. Yet they, the the one of the things is, is that they're from Detroit, supposedly. Yeah. And you know, so it's you know, it's it's interesting that a band from Detroit could kind of get that 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 vibe, that uh, kind of uh, mood or uh, you know genre. Um, yeah fit into that genre but then i'll i have to i do have to think about though i have to think about um a band that i feel like i feel like i've it's it's been on the periphery as as being like you know the sixth or seventh or (laughs) somewhere in that that further range of what this band could have been drawing from but uh the band the you know that that, that, oh yeah got named the band because they were bob dylan's backing band 
for the latter latter part of the '60s, um, and they went off on their own and uh, did did a lot of great work throughout uh, def- definitely this time period, early '70s, um, and, and they were almost entirely Canadian. <laughs> you know, really? Yeah, yeah. I mean, oh, I, I think it was just, just essentially just the one guy, Levin Helm, the drummer, and you know. Uh, quite, quite, quite. Most, almost all of them, except for Garth Hudson, I believe, um, were lead sing, were 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 shared lead singing responsibilities on various songs, very similar to Beatles, um, in that respect. Yeah, I mean, too. But when, but yeah, I mean, the band for being most mostly Canadian, but have this that the sound that they did is pretty interesting. Wow. Canada has made so many contributions. When you talk about seventies rock bands from Detroit, the only thing that hits my brain is mc5 but that's like totally not the vibe mm-hmm. they're going for here but i guess you would also yeah. have like bob seeger and um um um, um ted nugent um uh-huh. alice, alice cooper, cooper right yeah, yeah those are all you know michigan bands at least yeah. so yeah that, that's sort of in in line with with what you what the what still water sounds like i think mm-hmm. well uh unless there's anything else cc do you have any other notes for the net proper um Let's see. No, I I was really focused yeah. on Mark Maron's haircut, sure. and oh, yeah. I would be honest with you. <laughs> well, I think if we're going to spend time on his haircut, we need to spend time on his pants too. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Let's do that because yeah. those yeah. those pants are weird. Mm-hmm. Um, they're like I don't know, sort of your tan khaki-ish looking pants, but then they have these external pockets yeah. of a that seem yeah. to tie into the belt loops. And there's like some piping or something. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, yeah. those are great. I didn't even. I was so focused on the haircut, I didn't even <laughs> think about the pants. But you're right. They're just like, yeah, it's a lot. Mark Maron is a very short scene, but he's really killing it in this. I mean, yeah. I, or the folks that dressed him, obviously, it's a team of people. Do you think he's supposed to be? Do you think he's supposed to look like the cool guy of the time, or is he? <laughs> Just like a, I don't know. It, it, it is kind of a, you know, I think kind of, you know, leading into disco of a look, maybe. Yeah. Mm. I feel like he's like the, um, Paul Brady, you know, like, uh, like he's sort of like trying to be cool, but he's like, um, yeah. not quite getting it. You know, like he's like, a, he's like sort of a middle-aged man, although he's not, I don't yeah. think he's middle-aged here, but like. He's sort of a middle-aged man who's still trying to be like hip with the kids, kind of. Yeah, he's probably supposed to be in yeah. his forties here. I, I mean, I would say. Yeah, and, he, and I think your note about being on the cusp of disco here is a good one too, because this this guy is like the promoter, right? The the yeah. venue mm-hmm. manager or something like that. So he's not necessarily a rock and roll guy. He's just you know whoever's coming to play at his place, right. kind he's of thing. So man. he, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So he doesn't have that that rock look. That's you know more laid back. Those tops are disco, right? Was, <laughs> was, were there disco chops? I don't know. <laughs> that's a good during question. During disco time, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, it's great. Whatever he's doing, it's amazing, and he should keep it up. <laughs> well, and this is the area of the country, also though, that he uh, he he at least you know, spent his formative youth in, in Albuquerque, New Mexico. So not too, hmm. Phoenix, not too far away from there, I don't believe. Uh, yeah. And so I think he would, I think he would have probably played into, you know, 
Gideon himself <laughs> dressed up, you know. Right, he might have had some thoughts. Yeah. Got a little southwestern flair going on with the sort of cowboyish shirt, yeah. which might have been appropriate. Yeah. I'll take it. Yeah. It's almost like the shirt that Marty McFly's wear where you know, Doc makes him wear, <laughs> you know. <laughs> At the beginning of three, back to future three. Right. Oh yeah. yeah. A little flowery. Seems like I haven't seen that. And I think just one more wardrobe note too is maybe Jeff's t shirt. Yeah. Um we get that sort of it looks like a milk bottle kind of character that's saying boy howdy is that what yeah. he's saying i think yeah um well i i i don't know what that is from but like if that's from a comic book i want to read i'm pretty that sure it's a magazine book, that... related um okay uh, no actually it is it's a uh, cream cream magazine which is uh, is mm. besides rolling stone oh. is, is the next most prominent magazine right. So it's a dairy bottle, then it's a cream bottle. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah all right. Sense. Look at that little guy. Oh, that's cute. Mm-hmm. You can you can buy that shirt if you want. Just FYI. Oh my God, yeah. seven hundred and ninety nine dollars for a used vintage cream T shirt on Etsy. If anybody wants to spend eight hundred dollars <laughs> vintage T shirt, seems like one of those prices people set when they don't actually have the item and they don't really want you to buy it. Yeah. It does say make an offer exclamation point. So I feel okay. like they, they're just aiming real high <laughs> and God bless them. They deserve it. <laughs> yeah. If they were willing to hold on to that shirt for that long, they, they burned a little, well, something, something. Men, sister. <laughs> So uh, now we'll uh, do uh, for with with Dave um, our ranking. Find out from him, and then tomorrow we'll, or I'm sorry, next week we'll find out from uh, Cece what she thinks as well. But um, uh, so Dave, if you can rank these four bands that are most commonly considered to make up the band Stillwater, so uh, Almond Brothers, uh, Eagles, Led Zeppelin, and Leonard Skinner. That's alphabetical order, <laughs> but you can. You can go. You can go from favorite to least, or vice versa. Sure, sure. It, it's pretty pretty easy for me to put these in order. Um, I'm, I would have Zeppelin first, Eagles second, Almonds third, mm-hmm. Skinner fourth, and um, it's really not even close. Like if I were to break it down into percentages, it would be like Zeppelin gets ninety five percent, Eagles gets three percent, um, and Almonds get one percent. No, Almonds get one and a half percent. And Skinner gets the other 0.5. Did I do my math right? I don't know. It's, but, um, but yeah, I just, I'm not, I'm, I, I like Led Zeppelin, you know, they're sort of problematic from, from their like theft of a lot of the blues songs that they never really admitted to. Um, but still did a lot of interesting and inventive things and things I probably, I never would have discovered that blues, a lot of that blue stuff on my own, most likely. Uh, but growing up in Chicago, I had, ample exposure to all the classic rock and uh the southern rock stuff was by far my least favorite and then uh like if you start to read interviews with allman brothers members or leonard skinner members and you're like oh these guys are pretty racist so i'm gonna i'm just gonna just gonna leave them off my listening list mm-hmm. uh, so yeah it's just um yeah so that that and the eagles probably wouldn't even get as many points as they did um there are a lot of Eagles songs that I don't hate, but each and every one of them becomes an annoying earworm to me when I hear it. 
Um, <laughs> so, uh, but if if Joe Walsh weren't in the band, um, their their score would be even lower. I, I like Joe yeah, Walsh. Right, so. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. But that's mine. Oh, very interesting. Yeah, yeah, and definitely the 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 kind of southern stuff uh, that's that certainly has been in the back of my head uh, for quite a while since I was a teen and kind of found out a little bit and. And, but then, but then, more recently, I've heard other things too that you know, like like the the feud between Skinner and Neil Young. I mean, that's that, right. that's that's kind of blown up more than it really ought to be. Apparently, seemingly, that uh, you know they, they they both actually were on pretty good terms with each other, and and you know, and, and Neil Young is actually the one that's kind of you know realized that you know they were just they they weren't really promoting fully what they were saying what what it seemed like they were saying in their songs right it's just just like a diss track kind of thing yeah uh, well it's uh, just gonna put this out there it's it's possible to be friends with neil young and still be racist yeah so well, that's possible yeah. <laughs> i agree i i would like a t-shirt that says well, that well, suppose <laughs> I, i've heard rec- i've heard even really really recently that uh that uh our president actually has been you know throughout maybe most of his life or whatever a pretty big fan of neil, neil young oh. so it's and he's you know, definitely racist yeah right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah for sure yeah okay um well um so the only other things we should probably just uh you know definitely uh you know each of you you know get gets uh, some good plugs in you know uh, let us let the people know where they can find you and if you'd like to, oh. if you'd like to have them, CC, you can go. You can go first here. Oh well, you can find me on Twitter at CC Pleasance, and then I write for uh, a show called The Late Late Show with James Corden, uh, mm-hmm. which I love. So you can watch that. It's on at twelve thirty-seven p.m. on <laughs> CBS. <laughs> um, but you can also check it out on the YouTube. <laughs> can Can you um, tell James to make it easier for me to see the? Christmas specials of Gavin and Stacy because I I'm, I'm having a hard time streaming those at this point. Oh I, yeah, I need to see that. I will. Yeah. I'll tell him. <laughs> um, Thank you. Thank I, you. Yeah, is it on Netflix? I I was gonna. Um, I haven't watched it either, and I really want to. Um, seasons one and two are on um, Prime Video, I think. Okay. But, yeah. Uh, like maybe maybe even three. I'm not sure, but where it it definitely leaves you at a point where you know there's more in it. Like it's, I know it's out there. I just haven't been able to see it. I, you know, and they did a Christmas special this year that it was on. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know where it was on. I'm a bad. I'm a bad friend. But um, yeah, <laughs> it, it, it does exist. Yeah, I know. And I'll, if I find out where to uh, watch it, I'll email you. Right on. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and so does that does that mean it's oh, yeah. me? Yeah, okay. Sure. <laughs> um, I'd I'd like to put a a plug out there for the show Gavin and Stacy. If you haven't seen it, uh, it's very <laughs> funny. Uh, makes fun of the Welsh accent a lot, and um, it's you know it's big into omelets. So, um, but also I do podcasts. Well, <laughs> I do podcasts about the movie uh, Rock and Roll High School and the movie Edge of Tomorrow in this movie by minute format. Um, I haven't released them yet, so much like the Christmas episodes of Gavin and Stacey, you can't actually hear them. So, uh, but I will someday. I'm, I swear I'm going to put them out someday. Eric, just trust me. They're coming. So we, we, yeah, we actually need to ask you. So where, where can we see, or where can we hear your podcast? <laughs> you know, <laughs> right now you could hear fragments of all of them on hard drives in yeah, my house. Right. Um, but eventually you'll, 
on our <laughs> podcast. Eventually, she, <laughs> um, eventually you'll uh, you'll find them on uh, you know we've got social media accounts for uh, both Edge of Tomorrow Minute and Rock and Roll High School Minute, and um, when there are things to be heard, they will be notified there. So go out and, and follow them either on the Twitter or the Facebook, and and you'll find uh, you'll find stuff for both of them. That's just patiently waiting for me to get off my butt. So. And tomorrow is such a great movie. That's one of my favorite movies. I love it. I'm excited. I can't wait to listen to your podcast. Well, great. They, yeah. Maybe we'll call you when we need some guests. <laughs> yeah, call me up. Call me up on the telephone. Right on. <laughs> well, thank you both. So, uh, this was uh, Minute 46. Um, we'll be back uh, next week with Minute 47. Um, I, I'll, I'll throw in uh, the quick uh, plug for the network I'm on, uh, along with what I mentioned at the beginning, uh, Feels Like Weezer, and about like, 30 other shows, podcasts, are on uh, the network uh, Pantheon Podcasts, So they, and they do all rock and roll related uh, podcasts. So uh, you should go over there and check uh, some others out. There, there are a lot of great ones, that's for sure. Um, so uh, until next week, when we're back with Minute 47, it's all happening it's all it's happening. All happening. <laughs> I am a golden god! Yeah! 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 And I was born in the backseat of a greyhound bus Rolling down Highway 41 You know the queen of hearts is always your best bet It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.